Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Again, I'm so glad to be back with you on our weekly podcasts, and um, hope you're doing well today. I have uh, taken a two-week break. I haven't taken a break in a long, long time, uh, and uh, I needed one desperately. So, you know, I uh, so as a pastor, I need it. As a minister, I need it. And so, went on a break. Had a really great time. I've missed being uh, being with you here on the podcast, but glad to be back today. Uh, Susan and I took a trip to. Uh, to a Rhema Bible College. Uh, they have a winter Bible seminar and they have a, a gathering of uh, previous graduates there as well each uh, February. So we went, had a really great time, 25 hours in in meetings while we were there Monday through Friday. And uh, anyway, it's just good to be back and to connect with you. Here's what I found out. The Holy Spirit is moving all over the world and uh, people are praying. They're hungry for God. I think most all of us realize that we're living in what it looks like to be the end of days just before Jesus comes. And and it's a real, a real pivotal time for us to walk with God and to find out what His will is for us and, and to walk in the light of that will. So um, anyway, we, uh, we had a great time. Good to be back. Um, I have been talking about the Holy Spirit's role in our lives as believers, and I've been talking about here in the podcast before I left, 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us, and I'm going to jump right in on that. I've got so many topics I want to share on, but I'm going to finish this out, and then we'll go to some other things, because <clears throat> we're living in a, a tremendously uh, eventful day, and um, and God wants to use us in a tremendous way, so I hope you'll be encouraged as we share. I usually start with John 16, 13, where Jesus said, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, <clears throat> excuse me, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. So I've been talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. All of these uh, subjects, uh, the first seven I have covered in past podcasts. Number one, the Holy Spirit creates unity in the body of Christ, and he fosters that in us. Secondly, the Holy Spirit gives us a desire to be like Jesus. I mean, he really wants to work in our personal life and change our character. A little bit by little bit. Number three, the Holy Spirit produces in us a sense of righteousness or of right standing with God. We cover that in detail. Number four, the Holy Spirit seeks to keep us pure. Um, God is holy. He wants us to be. Uh, number five, the Holy Spirit will lead us away from the harmful effects of our culture. Number six, the Holy Spirit will give us the sense of belonging with the Father. Number seven, the Holy Spirit will give you an overcoming attitude in life. And all of those I've covered in past podcasts, if you haven't listened, go back, listen to them. Number eight, the Holy Spirit will urge you to watch your words. Now, left off on this last time and, and found out last time that, you know, from the time we're born until the time we die, I think it's James chapter three, verse six, the wheel of nature mentioned there in the King James or New King James is really talking about the circle of life from the time you're born to the time you die. It's, uh, it's navigated by words. Don't forget that God 
used words to create the, the universe. He brought our world into existence with words, and God said, and God said, and God said, in Genesis chapter 1. And so God has given us a part of his creativity in that he has given us as human beings, of all of creation, we as human beings have the ability to, to use the faculty of speech. And with speech, we can exercise faith. And those words that we say create things in our life. We never live past what we say. We never live beyond our confession. And I want to hone in today on the word as we begin the word confession. Confessing God's word is saying exactly what God says about you. So, you know, um, according to which branch of Christianity you were raised in, you know, sometimes confession is all about confessing sin. And, you know, the Bible does say if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from unrighteousness. That's true. But the Bible also has a whole lot to say about us confessing positively who we are in Christ and what Jesus did for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. Listen to Hebrews 3, 1. This is New King James Version. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So again, Jesus being an apostle or a sent one, it calls him the high priest of our confession. That's really, really interesting. Uh, the word confession there is a compound word in the Greek language, homo legeo, and homo means the same, and logos means word. So when you put those two words together, homo meaning the same, or logos meaning the word, homo legeo means to speak or mouth or say the same thing. What does it mean? Well, Jesus here is the high priest of our confession. He will agree with us when we agree with what he says about us in his word. And and make sure that what we say comes to pass. Again, he's the high priest of our confession. He makes sure that what we say comes to pass when we agree with his words. So confession is saying what God says about your life and saying it out loud and absolutely meaning it. And here, Hebrews 3.1 brings out that Jesus is the high priest of our confession and that when we say what God says about us and we believe what God says about us so much that we say it, he makes sure that comes to pass in our life. Now again, 1 John 1.9, if we confess, that means to mouth speak or say the same thing that God says about your sin. If we confess our sin. He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. So there on that one side, when I repent, come before God and say, Lord, Lord, I, I sinned this way, this way, this way. And I agree with him that what I said, what I did, or the way I acted was sin. So he agrees with that and he becomes, he becomes our high priest and goes before the Father and says, you know, I shed my blood for this person. And I actually bore in my person the penalty for this person's sin, this particular sin they're confessing. Lord, forgive them based on my righteous standing before you and based on the fact that I have already justified this person. See, so confession works in that way. But I want you to broaden your idea of, of confession. When I say and when you say what God says about you, when you agree with God, you mouth or speak or say the same thing that God says about you, Jesus, that puts Jesus in a position to bring to pass your words. He's the high priest 
of our confession. And I, and I mentioned this, I think, the last time, but, you know, when I first came to the Lord, boy, I, uh, I knew nothing about any of these subjects that I'm mentioning to you, particularly this one on confession. I just knew I needed to confess my sin, and boy, I had a boatload of them. But uh, when I took it to the other side of this <clears throat> and found out that I need to say what God says about me, think what God thinks about me, and act in the way that God says I am, it transformed my life. So again, I put, uh, I wrote scripture down on note cards. Lord, I thank you that I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I wanted to become more conscious of God living in me. Greater is he, 1 John 4, 4, that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, uh, you know, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I began to say those things. Nay, and all these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us, Romans 8, 37. And I had a boatload of challenges. So it was just good to know that before I went into the problem and the challenge, that, that Jesus had already conquered the battle for me. That was incredible for me. And then, you know, Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And, and I would begin to say those things, and I began to say those things fervently. And I, I had a daily list of of scripture confessions. The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread from Psalm 34, uh, Philippians 4:19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. With his stripes we are healed. Matthew 8, 17, and 1 Peter 2, 24. On and on and on and on. You know, when I first started doing that, it didn't seem real, but you see, the high priest of our confession takes what we say about ourselves even if we don't believe it to begin with and 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 brings it to pass in our life you you may have heard this before somebody's talking they say well you know talking about somebody else well so and so has said that so much they actually believe it now listen to this <clears throat> there are brainwashing techniques in the world being used right now in the media and from all kinds of sources and conglomerates and they keep saying certain things that simply are not true but they say them over and over and over and over and over and over and over. People hear them over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and they're not true. But they hear them, and then they not only hear them, but they begin to say them, and it creates a false sense of reality. Well, listen, you know, you can take that from the negative that I just mentioned, put it over into the positive. Maybe you don't even believe what the Bible says about you to start with, and that was me. If you'll say what God says about you, it is amazing uh, how, how, how eventually it will transform your life. So I'm, I'm almost 47 years in Jesus. I am not even remotely close to the same person I was when I first started walking with Jesus in, in 1976. My friends at the time, when I came to the Lord and before I came to the Lord, if they could see me today, you know, if you could see me now, there's a song, <laughs> they wouldn't know who I am. I haven't seen many of these friends in many, many years because I moved around, moved to different cities, and they've relocated. But if I could see them, oh, my goodness, there's been such a transformation. And you know why? Because, because Jesus is the high priest of our confession. If you'll say, do it trembling, do it afraid, do it scared. <laughs> say what God says about you. It'll transform your life. Even if you don't believe it to start with, say it anyway because words have a powerful effect on us. They rule us from the cradle to the grave, from the time we're born 
until the time we die. Listen to Proverbs on words. Proverbs 6, 2 says this, and these are King James translation. Basically, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. A, a snare is something you trap an animal with. He's saying you're trapped by the word. You say the wrong thing, it can trap you. Well, if you say the right thing, the converse is true. It can release you from the entrapment. Proverbs 8, 7, and 8, my, for my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Verse 8, all the words of my mouth are righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. But Proverbs 8, 13, listen to all these scriptures about words. They're incredible. Uh, Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. Proverbs 10, 11, the mouth of the righteous, see, is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Wow. Uh, Proverbs 12, 13, the wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. Why will the righteous come through trouble? Because they're saying, he's knowing all these things, I'm more than a conqueror through him that love me. If God be for me, who can be against me? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So uh, Romans 8, 1, 31 and 32. So again, why do we, why do we come through things? Because how, why do we come through trouble? Because we agree with God's word. Proverbs 12, 14, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Again, again, I'm satisfied in life by what I say. I have no more than what I say I have in life in any vein of living. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. So, so you can use your, your words to pierce others, or you can wor use your words to create health and life, both in yourself and the life of others. Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Proverbs 13, 2, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. See, it goes over and over again. Words affect us. Proverbs 13, 3, he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. See, when I read that, I think I've got to watch when I'm feeling bad, not having a good day, and we all have those days. Don't let the negative stuff come out of your mouth. Say what God says about you. You feel cursed, you say, I'm blessed. You feel like your needs aren't being met, you say, but my God meets all my need according to his riches and glory. You feel like you're sick, you say out loud, Jesus himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. You feel defeated, you say out loud, nay and, more these, nay and all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. You feel like the enemy's taking advantage of you and is running over you, you need to say out loud, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I have done this for decades now, and I can tell you, my friend, this will get you out of the doldrums of life. It'll get you out of the negative vein that, that you may find yourself in. See, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. He who guards his mouth, Proverbs 13, 3, preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips. That is, if all you do is talk about how you feel, open wide your lips, say whatever you say, want to say, <laughs> you know, you'll have destruction. Proverbs 15, 23, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth, 
and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. See, see, words. When I'm feeling bad, that's when I need to speak God's word the most, right? Proverbs 16, 23 and 24, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bone. See, see, so see, having a bad day, say, get you a list email me I'll give you I've got all gobs of lists about all kinds of things just scripture after scripture and now because we have all the technology you can have it on your phone have it available at your fingertip all the time take some time to meditate and say out loud what God says about you it makes that much difference in your life because we can never live beyond our words. Proverbs 17, 20, He who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. Wow. Proverbs 17, 27, and 28, He who has knowledge spares his words. Why? Why? Because he understands words are a powerful force, and he doesn't say what he doesn't believe or want to happen in his life. I don't talk about what I, what I don't want to happen. I say what God want God to do for me. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool, watch this. Even a fool, verse 28, Proverbs 17. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. That's good, isn't it? Uh, when he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive. So, you know, you want to be smart? Be quiet. You want, you want people to think you're wise? Shut up. I mean, that's kind of that way, right? Proverbs 18, 7, a fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. There's a person who's, who's, who's uh, living an unwise life. They're, they're talking about everything, saying what they feel, saying what they think, even if their thinking is wrong, saying and talking about their circumstances more than God and his word. That's the mouth of a fool. A fool's mouth is his destruction because that's what he's talking about. He's talking about all the negatives, about the feelings, about the challenges, about the pressures. You may mention that, but don't just stay there. Say what God says about you. Now, I'm not saying we deny problems, and I'm not saying we deny it when we're having a bad day. But, you know, don't stay there. Don't live there. Don't, don't see the cup half, half empty. Go further and see the cup half full and say what God says about you. It's more important to do that than ever when you're having a bad day. Proverbs 18, 20, 21, a man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips shall he be filled. What's in your life right now? Well, Proverbs says, what's in your life is shown by, by what you're saying. And if you're saying something and saying it regularly, eventually, it's probably going to show up in your life. Then Proverbs 18, 21, it's very familiar. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 21, 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Wow. So you guard your mouth. What does that mean? That means... That means when you feel like you're feeling bad, you're feeling blue, you're feeling down, things are tough. Don't say, don't say the negative thing. Say what God says about your circumstance. Say what God says about you. I tell you, you will come out on top every time. I have proved it over and over and over in thousands of different experiences of life. 
you know, raising four children, being married for, you know, 43 and a half years, uh, pastoring churches, being in ministries, being overseas in, in all kinds of situations, in duress on the mission field, uh, just all kinds of circumstances of life, physical challenges, financial challenges, mental challenges, emotional challenges, relational challenges. You know what? Keep your mouth positive. Say what God says about you. You you come out. You come out in the end. Ecclesiastes 5, 2, and 3, don't be rash with your mouth. Let not your heart utter anything hastily before God, for God is in heaven and you're on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. See, see, don't, don't say what you don't want to have in life. Let me give you an example of this as I conclude today. I, you know, I just told you I came back from a couple of weeks uh, being on, on vacation, actually, and part of that was uh, being spent in, in a, a town I lived in for almost eight years, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, on the way there, of course, we flew there on a Sunday and came back on a Saturday. And, uh, of course, we'd had the tickets for some time, so I got up, had to get up early to be at the airport, you know what that's like, and and uh, so Susan and I, my wife, um, we, we got up early and and uh, having everything ready, getting ready to go. And I opened my phone to look at my tickets because I have digital tickets and all that uh, with the airline we were flying on. And boy, when I when I opened it up that morning, the first thing I saw was flight delayed. Oh, my goodness. Now, when I saw that, I said, oh, you know, I could have said, oh, no, what are we going to do? I said, well, look at that. And I opened it up. And, and for whatever reason, I never know, knew the reason for the pl- flight, and when I looked at all the alternatives, since that one was not available, nothing would get me to my destination until very, very late that m- night. It means I would have com- missed my connecting flight, and then my car rental and all yada yada, everything else just kind of, you know, just kind of the domino effect. And I said, "Oh boy!" So all that raced to my mind all at once, and I said out of my mouth, "Father." I ask you to make a way. There's a way for me to get there on time and not miss. Here's what I wanted to do. Not miss my not my second flight because the first one is delayed. And so when I said that, I said, Lord, make a way. See, I said what I wanted. I said what I, excuse me, I believe. I said, Lord, it's possible that, that we can still get to my destination to make the second flight. We were flying from Raleigh to Charlotte. I somehow will get to Charlotte on a flight, and and you know what? We won't miss anything. So I started saying with my mouth, and, and I asked the Lord to do it. Then I started saying, Lord, you're making a way for me. You're making a way for us to be, you know, be on time with everything and everything to work out fine today. Everything in me and everything felt like I kept hearing, no, it ain't. It's going to be bad. Nothing's going to work out. See, shouldn't have done this start with all this junk. And I wouldn't voice it. I wouldn't verbalize it. Decided to go to the airport just as I had planned to early to get on the flight that we had originally been uh, been put on, even though it was delayed. So I got there early. And you know what happened? Listen to this. See, words. See, words bring things to pass. You never live beyond your words. I got to the counter, uh, talked to the attendant there with the airline. And uh, she saw immediately that my flight was delayed. And the next thing out of her mouth was, well, you know what? We'll just put you on this, this, this flight that's going to leave. And there was another flight about to leave in about 30 minutes. We'll put you on this flight. We have room for you. See, uh, you know what? I thought, here's what I thought. When she, I didn't tell her. I thought, well, look at there. God answers prayer. And you know what? You know why he answered prayer? Because I, I chose not to give the voice of unbelief but to give the voice of faith to the circumstance I found myself in 
earlier in the morning when I found my flight was delayed. I could have said all kinds of neg uh, negative things and belly ached about it and been frustrated about it instead. I said, we're going to the airport just like we're getting on that flight. God's making a way for us. And you know what? He did. Now, you know, that seems like a small thing, but you know what? You extrapolate that into life over a thousand things that have happened to me in life. And I tell you, every single time, God always comes through with his word. We got, listen, I had another thing happen. This happens to me constantly. It happens all the time. I, we were on the trip and, and the rental car, I don't want to, I'm going to make a long story short here. The rental car didn't work. It just wasn't big enough for me. I'm a big guy. I'm 6'2", and, you know, tall and all that. It just, i make a long story short, it didn't work. So, you know, called the rental company and, and they were just saying, well, there's nothing available because once you call the rental company, you get this uh, international line, yada, yada. Well, there's nothing available. Nothing. And, and you know what? I didn't take, I said, somehow, Lord, make a way. You're going to make a way for me to get a car that fits me. Somehow you're going to work this out and it's not going to cost me anymore. I kept saying that, just thank God for it, mentioned it to Susan. She agreed with me. And we prayed, and all we would say was, God is working this thing out. Even though the attendants online said, there's nothing available. you got to keep the car. There's nothing, nothing available. Guess what? The next day, I uh, got a call from, from the company where we rented the car from, and there was another vehicle available that, that had more than ample room for us. See, these are small things, but I want to show you, even in the small things of life, your words have weight. Your words produce things in your life. You never live beyond your words. I'm constantly saying all kinds of things that seem impossible, but see what's impossible with man is possible with God. So don't look at things as impossible. See everything that you deal with in life as possible with God and learn to line your mouth up with what God says about you. When you do that, see, we're confessing. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. We're saying, when we say the same thing that God says about us, y'all, it produces fruit. You never live beyond your words. Let the high priest of your confession, Christ Jesus, work for you. Agree with him. Agree with what his word says about you. And you know what? Life will be different for you. We're going into this crazy time, you know, just before Jesus comes back. I expect God to meet my every need. I expect God to minister life to the people at our church. I expect God, expect God to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think because I'm going to agree with God and I'm going to let the apostle and high priest of my confession, Christ Jesus, work on my behalf by agreeing with him with what I say. I hope you have a great day. Put this into practice today. It'll transform your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church weekly podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.